Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Hi friends, thanks for joining me today. Today's an exciting day. We are finishing our series on Psalm 23. It's been an exciting couple of sessions going through this beautiful psalm together with you. And before we get into verse 5 and 6 where we pick up today, I'd like to just read all six verses through to give us some context and perspective. So let's kick off together. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay, let's come back to verse 5, which is where we kick off today. It reads, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. As I meditated on this and thought about it, I began to wonder what is the difference between the table here in this verse and the green pastures and still waters in the beginning of the song. And as I meditated on it, I believe this is what the Lord is showing me. That the difference is between our inner life with God and our outward life where God meets us on the road in the world. The green pastures and still waters are God our secret place, our hiding place, our refuge, finding strength and restoration in the safe place of our marriage, our family, and our church community. The table in verse 5 is God meeting us out on the road, on the pathways of life, as the church, on a mission in the world, doing ministry, shining our light in the darkness, doing business, out fulfilling our God-given calling as believers. Both are equally as important together. They are like the wings of a plane that suspend us and carry us on our faith journey in the world. I'd like to give you an example of this from Jesus' life and ministry. And I'd like to read a passage for you from Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and, his, and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. I want to say to you, friends, that as believers, as seeking to be pleasing to God and to walk a journey of faith that is pleasing to God, both in the here and now and all the way to the end of our lives. The secrets of finishing our, the race of life well, our faith journey well, is number one, inviting Jesus into your boat. That was the best decision that Peter ever made. Well, of course, you and I may not have a boat uh, moored on the side of the Sea of Galilee. But what am I really talking about? Well, it's inviting Jesus into your life. That boat was Peter's life. It's what gave him his identity as a fisherman. It's how he provided for his family. Um, it's what his hope was in so that he could make a life for himself. We need to be inviting Jesus into all of those same places in our own lives. Inviting Jesus to speak and minister and to touch us in our identity, who we are. In our hopes, in our dreams, in our workplace. Now we spend our time every day. Invite Jesus into your life. The second smart thing that Peter did, that we can take a, les a lesson from here, is we need to learn to listen with an open heart. After Jesus has finished speaking and ministering to the crowd, he turns to Peter and says, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now Peter has been, he's probably been brought up fishing on the Sea of Galilee his entire life. He probably knows every good fishing spot that there is. And he's been out searching out and trying out every one of those spots all night long. He's tired and he's weary and all he wants to do is probably go home, get a meal, get some sleep. But thankfully for Peter, he has been listening to Jesus with an open heart and he decides to respond and be obedient to what Jesus says. And friends, sometimes we're being out on the road of life, giving it our best, doing all we know how to do. And when Jesus finally comes to us, we can be tired, we can be weary, and really all we want to do is sit back and chill out and relax and sleep and try and catch up 
but we need to be ready to hear the voice of God. We need to be ready to respond to God, even when we are tired and weary, even when we feel worn out. And if we listen to God with an open heart and are ready to respond to what he says, then like Peter, we can see the miraculous working power of God in our lives as well. And that's the third lesson that we can learn over here. To be obedient to what Jesus said. Friends, what Jesus said to Peter seemed to make no sense. Peter had already been out fishing all night long. He had already given it his best. He had already done everything he knew to do. And here is Jesus coming to him and saying, Put out again. Let down your nets. But thankfully, Peter responds and obeys to what Jesus says. Peter could easily have said, you know, maybe next time. I feel a bit tired today. I need to get back. I've got other things to go do. And friends, sometimes the things that Jesus says may not seem to make sense to us as well. We can easily come up with excuses and choose to say, well, maybe right now it's not really convenient. Maybe another time. But if we as believers can choose to put our flesh aside and choose to be obedient to the word of God, then God can provide a miraculous blessing for us in our lives. God can cause a miracle to take place. God can cause breakthrough to take place for us in our marriage, in our family, in our finances. Amen. For Peter, it was life on the sea where Jesus met him, where Jesus provided the miracle, the breakthrough. For Moses, his time of need was in the desert. There Moses was in the middle of the desert, responsible to feed hundreds of thousands of people with nothing but sand in every direction and not a supermarket in sight. What was he going to do? But in the middle of the desert, God met with Moses. He spoke to Moses. He directed him. And because Moses responded in faith, God fed the nation of Israel with meat and bread from heaven. Here's the lesson. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee or if you're in the middle of a desert. God is able to meet you where you're at. What are you in the middle of? What's surrounding you? A difficult marriage? No work opportunity? Financial lack or difficulty? Friends, today is the day to call on Jesus. Today is the day to look to Him and to respond to His Word. Today is the day to step out and be obedient to Him. He has already prepared a banqueting table before you, even in the presence of your enemies. Let's move on to the next parts of this passage. It says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Friends, when we align our head and our heart with the will of God, the favor and blessing of God flows 
and it will flow until it overflows in our lives. You might say that you have a heart for God, but if you're still living based on the old stinking thinking of the world's values, then you're not going to live in fullness. On the other hand, you might have a knowledge of God's word, but if your heart is hard toward him, then you isolate yourself from his blessing and from his fullness. You see, God is looking for our full cooperation. When our head and our hearts are aligned and we serve Jesus fully, our cup will overflow. In fact, it's not complicated. Jesus said, if you will just have faith like a child, if you will just have faith like a child, you will enter the kingdom of heaven. Why did he say this? Well, a child knows how to trust his or her parents fully, how to trust completely, how to trust implicitly. Uh, I've got three children. My youngest is eight. I can guarantee you we fed that boy at least three main meals and lots of snacks in between yesterday. And not once did he wonder or stress or worry about where that food was going to come from. <laughs> he just knew mom and dad had provided. And when I'm hungry, they'll make sure there's something there for me. When we trust God fully like a child, then we can live out the overflow of God's abundance. He is a good father. And he's made a way for us. He's made provision for us. He wants to bless us and cause us to live in his overflow. I want to say to you today that many times we tend to look around. Where is our breakthrough coming from? Where is the blessing? Where is the provision coming from? But God is greater than your boss. He's greater than your bank account. He's greater than your bank manager. He's not limited by your past, not intimidated by your present. And he has already prepared a future for you that's better than anything you imagined. Let's move on to verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This powerful declaration of faith uplifts, inspires, and fills us with confidence. If we're going to live fully, we need to live confidently. The psalmist says, surely goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy. Do you hear the confidence? Do you hear the faith in that statement? There's not much in life we can be sure of in this world, but we can be sure of the love of God, in His faithfulness, in His goodness and mercy. We can be sure that His Word is steadfast, reliable, and eternal. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says this, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He 
as promised. Many years ago, Amy Grant sang a beautiful song with these words. I have decided I'm going to live like a believer. Turn my back on the deceiver. I'm going to live what I believe. What have you decided? How have you decided to live? Have you decided to live with confidence? Knowing that surely God has made a way for you. God calls in us to make the courageous decision to live by faith in His Word. God's Word has the power to change darkness to light, heal the sick, raise the dead, and bring freedom to the oppressed. Just as God speaks words of life to inspire us, He also calls on us to boldly speak words of life, love, and hope over each other. To our spouse, our children, our fellow believers, and those he brings across our path. Friends, it starts with you, and it starts with me. Do you know that our main job as a husband, father, wife, or mother is to love and inspire. I want to say to you today, be the wind under your family's wings, not the weight that drags them down. We can do either through the words of our mouth. Romans 10 and verse 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Friends, the proclamation of faith connects you to God. It connects you to His life, to His love and His grace. When we have a proclamation of faith in our marriage, well, guess what connects our marriage to the healing and restoration power of God? When we have a proclamation of faith in our family, it connects our family to the life-giving grace and power of God. When we have a proclamation of faith over our body, it connects our health to the healing power of God. Do you see how this works? The proclamation of faith connects us to whatever we need in God. Well, you might be hearing me right now and saying, well, Brett, that all sounds very good and well. But if I'm honest, I don't feel very inspired to do that right now. And I want to say to you, then stop waiting for the feeling and just be obedient by faith. Do you really think that when Jesus said to Peter, after Peter had been out all night long fishing, and Jesus said to him, hey, Peter, Put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch. I'm prepared to bet that Peter didn't feel like it. But he was obedient to obey what Jesus said by faith. Do you know that faith-based obedience still works even if you don't have any warm, fuzzy feelings? <laughs> Why is it that we'll do what's necessary and right in natural things, even when we don't feel like it, 
But when it comes to living by faith, then all of a sudden we want to feel good before we'll step out in faith. Uh, let me give you a story from our natural lives and I'll help you relate to this. I've raised three children. Some of you listening have raised kids as well. And I can tell you, when those children were infants, more times than I can remember, my wife and I woke ourselves up from a beautiful deep sleep and got ourselves out of a warm, comfortable bed to get up, feed, change, and comfort our babies. Never once did we say, ah, nah, I don't really feel good about that right now. Now I'm going to wait to feel good about it before I go. Otherwise, it won't be sincere. It won't really be true. It won't be from the heart. That would be ridiculous if I had thought or said that. But yet I've heard Christians speak like that about their own faith walk. Now, well, I can't really just do what the Word says right now because I'm not feeling it. I don't feel good about it. And if I just act it out right now, well, it's not really going to be sincere. It's not really going to be from the heart. Do you see how ridiculous it is? Friends, when we are consistent in our obedience to God and act in faith, then the good feelings will follow. But sometimes we just have to step out in obedience without the good feelings. <laughs> I'm going to end today's podcast with this passage from Galatians 5 and verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. What does circumcision and uncircumcision represent for us? Will it represent what we were able to do out of our own strength, out of our own intelligence? This passage goes on to say, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love you're wondering what's really going to count today what's really going to make a difference well the scripture has made it clear to us the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love faith expressing itself through love in your marriage in your parenting in your family in your relationships with friends in your relationships with fellow believers in your relationship with God. So I exhort you today to be of good courage, friends, and to step out in obedience, to respond to God in faith, to be obedient to His Word, and to live the life of faith. To express your faith through acts of love. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?